Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's can I... awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org app. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And you are Locked On the Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, publisher of PackerReport.com since 2008, and we're part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage anywhere. And I join you Monday through Friday on this great Locked On Podcast Network. You want some more NFL talk? Yeah, we've got that. You want fantasy talk? We've got that. Do you fear the deer and want to talk about the Bucks in the NBA? We've got that too. And do you want more Packers talk? Make sure to subscribe to me via iTunes and your iAndroid podcast app. The Packers get back to work today. They got practices on Monday and Tuesday. Then after that Tuesday practice, they'll have to cut their roster down to 75 players. And that will lead them into the Thursday night game at Kansas City. And speaking of that game, on the first down, will Jordy Nelson play against the Kansas City Chiefs? The answer to that is, to quote Nelson, Probably not, and that's probably not a surprise to any of you. Nelson practiced twice last week, including on the first practice, he basically just jogged through some stuff. The second practice, he took three, uh, maybe not quite full go ups against Sam Shields, but pretty close. And otherwise, basically, you know, did some individual drills and stuff. So it's it's a it's a long leap from from very limited participation to going full go in two practices this week and then playing a game. So that that's not going to happen. Probably not a surprise. The question is, is Nelson disappointed in this? Remember, obviously, he, he tore his ACL in the preseason last year against Pittsburgh. As Nelson told reporters yesterday, quote, I wouldn't say happy. It's a situation we were put in. I think if everything would have gone smoothly coming into camp, we would have been in a different situation. But it's a situation we're in, and I think we've handled it well. We're where we need to be. We have two weeks of what most likely for me will be normal practices going into Jacksonville, and I think we'll be ready to go. That sets the stage for this week. Again, the Packers practice twice this week. Nelson expects to go into the 11-on-11 reps this week, which will be, which really is the last major hurdle to getting back into game action. And then it will be four practices leading into that week against Jacksonville. As Nelson said yesterday, I look forward to it. The other day, we did some prep for Jacksonville. Just got a little glimpse at them, and that was exciting to just kind of feel the different mindset and energy in the building from knowing it was a meaningful install and a meaningful study. I'm looking forward to getting back in the field. I mean, it's why we do all the work. It's to play on Sundays. We don't get to do that. It's not much fun. I think it was interesting, one of the things that Nelson said yesterday. Actually, there's two other interesting things here. One, he says he doesn't have any second thoughts about his knee when he's playing, so that's obviously an, another hurdle he's gotten past. He's not there worrying about the uh, the structure of the knee. And then and the other one, that he said he's, he, he'll probably be nervous to, to play against Jacksonville. It's been... But at a point, it'll be about 13 and a half months, 14 months of, of without playing a game. So he says, quote, I probably will be nervous. I don't think it's a bad thing to have them. To be honest with you, I get them randomly throughout the season. If it's a big game, if it's a Monday night game, if it's a big opponent, whatever it might be, a playoff game, they come back every once in a while. I think it's a good thing. I think it means that you're excited for the game, to be honest with you. I, I used to get them all the time when I was a kid in high school and college. And obviously, if they're playing the sport for so long, you kind of lose it. 
But to me, it brings a little extra energy and a little excitement level, but they're gone like that after one play. So all eyes will be on Nelson this week, including my eyes, and I'll be sure to pass along my observations from the Rainichke practice field on to you in tomorrow's podcast. And then from that, on to second down, and I thought I'd give you the biggest surprises and the biggest disappointments of training camp. And I'll lead off with second down being the biggest surprises. I'm going to lead off that with the inside linebackers. Let's turn back time to week one of last year when the starting tandem was Sam Barrington and Clay Matthews. And then in the first quarter of that Bears game, Barrington went down with, a, with an injury. And for, from then on out for the first half of the year, for, for the rest of the first half of the year, it was Matthews and Nate Palmer as a starting tandem. Those guys don't factor anymore. Palmer being released in the offseason. And the Matthews obviously moved to outside linebacker. So... That left Green Bay with a, a huge void inside, and I think a lot of us felt like Green Bay would take a inside linebacker with their first-round pick, and obviously that didn't happen, and they didn't take one in the second round or the third round either. And finally, in the fourth round, they took Blake Martinez from Stanford, and he's, he's really answered the bell. I mean, he, he's outside of missing a tackle in that first preseason game against Cleveland. He's, he's tackled well. He, he, while not a great testing guy at the combine, he he really does get from sideline to sideline. He breaks up passes. He's like I said, he's basically checked off every box you've got for him. And at this point, it's it's hard to see him being anything other than the, the three down inside linebacker. And he will be joined by by Sam Barrington, who really brings that physicality. And what I really like about this tandem is, is they are smart. I mean, quarterbacks aren't going to outsmart these guys at all. And in in Jake Ryan is is your Gonna have to be stuck as number three, but what's really stuck out here is the depth at a position where, and they they were so weak last year where they had to go bring back Joe Thomas, who they who they whacked during final cuts. Thomas has had a really good training camp. Carl Bradford's had a really good training camp. I thought Beniquas Brown has played well, but he missed a couple tackles against. Uh, God, who the hell they play <laughs> in the preseason game at, on Friday? Holy cow! I totally forgot who they're playing. San Francisco. Um, so I, I, I think Brown has kind of played himself into maybe a practice squad guy, but I mean, can Green Bay keep five between Thomas and Bradford, or is it going to be winner take all on Thursday night at Kansas City? So you, you feel good about that, and another place where you feel really good about the depth is safety. With and with with Morgan Burnett and Haha Clinton Dix as the starters, and Micah Hyde and Chris Banjo as the backups, and, you know, no surprise that Green Bay did not draft the safety this year. But they grabbed a couple guys after the draft on a budget. Kentrell Bryce from Louisiana Tech who had a great junior year. I think he fumbled, I think he forced like five fumbles, had a whole bunch of tackles, a couple picks. He he signed, I think it was like a two thousand dollars signing bonus. I mean, Green Bay signed I think seven or eight guys with five thousand bonuses. He only got two grand, so not exactly a highly sought after player. And then they then they signed Marwin Evans, who who had a tryout at Seattle's. Rookie rookie camp after the draft, and the Seahawks didn't sign him. So then Green Bay signed him, and he has been terrific. I mean, for a guy who wasn't even good enough to get signed to first go around with Seattle, and Green Bay got him for exactly zero dollars and zero cents. He's he's played well too. And again, Bryce, I, I'm sure Bryce is the front runner here because he's number he's a number one on the special teams. It'll be interesting to see what Green Bay does here with Evans. Can can. Maybe does Chris Banjo's hamstring injury factor into this somehow? And if it's and does he get really? I, I don't. I don't think they would get rid of him unless it's a really, really bad injury. Because I mean, he is lucky. He's your special teams captain last year. It's, it's hard to hard to believe they're going to get rid of him. 
but I, I feel like Emmons might have played well enough that he's not going to get to the get to the uh, practice squad. So it'll be, again, it'll be interesting to see this week. And for, from Green Bay's sake, you, you hope maybe Evans misses a couple tackles or something, and and teams get off of his trail. He's 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 played really well. So to to build that kind of depth with really no draft resources to speak of, that's that's really good work by GM Ted Thompson. Uh, number three out of my biggest surprises looks to be Jared Cook. Not that he's played well. I mean, there's there's no denying the guy's talent, but remember he missed almost all the offseason practices with that foot injury. Missed the start of training camp to rehab from the injury, or rehab from the surgery, I should say. And that so you know, starting from that first night, which is basically the stuff of legend now, where he scored three touchdowns and just destroyed the defense. I mean, he's been good every day, and he's he, he's fit right into this offense. And it's again the surprise there is that he's that he's fit in so well with all those missed practice reps. And the second surprise here would be would be he's caught the ball caught the ball so well. I remember I remember looking at looking at the stuff from stats and his in his three years at the Rams he dropped a total of fifteen passes. It was four in two thousand thirteen, five in two thousand fourteen, then six last year. So stats hit him for six drops. Pro Football Focus hit him for ten drops. The most reps for any tight end in football. Well, unless I've missed one, or just don't remember, I don't remember him dropping a single pass during an eleven on eleven stuff. And I don't, I don't sometimes watch the individual drills or, or the seven on seven stuff. So I, I usually like to watch the the big guys block and stuff. But I don't remember Cook dropping a single pass during eleven on eleven. So that he's fit in so well and that he's caught everything really bodes well for what he's going to do for this team. And then finally, on my biggest surprises list has to be quarterback Joe Callahan, right? So we talked about last show, the, the, Callahan, the Division Three quarterback from Wesley, was getting ready to play Frostburg State in Week 1. And I bet none of you have heard of Frostburg State. No offense to the Frostburg State alums. Maybe, maybe you never heard of Frostburg State until you went there. So it's, uh, I couldn't tell you where it is. I assume it's a cold place since it's Frostburg. But So he's gone from getting ready for Frostburg State to shredding a 49ers defense there and I mean he went 16 for 24 for about 170 yards would have had a couple of touchdowns if not for Adams dropping an easy one well not an easy one but should a very catchable pass on on what Aaron Rodgers called one of the sweetest passes he'd ever seen but you know there, there hasn't been a division three quarterback really make it in the NFL since Ken Anderson the Hall of Fame worthy kind of quarterback from since from the Bengals back in the 70s I mean that's how that's the uphill battle that, on, on history that Callahan's faces. You know, D3 quarterbacks just don't make it. And the last time the Packers had one, at least I can remember, was they, they drafted uh, Kirk Baumgartner, who my, who my brother played with at UW Lacrosse. And I remember my brother saying he, he threw the ball 100 miles an hour, didn't know where the ball was going to go, but he threw it hard all the time. That was back in like 1992 or something like that. So the Callahan has played so well for D3 guy. It's just unbelievable. And and Hub Arkish, the longtime NFL and Bears writer for uh, for Pro Football Weekly, he put on Twitter the other day that he wonders if the Packers can even get Callahan to the practice squad. Now, I, I think they can, again, because he's a D3 guy. I'm not sure how many other teams scouted him. So, I, I, uh, like, I, like I always say, you know, every year this time here, in, in, in the broadcaster set up the other day, too, um, um, Kevin Harlan and, and Rich Gannon were talking about, you know, yeah, and a lot of these guys who get cut, they'll find their way onto another team's roster. And I'm thinking, yeah, you know, they're, they're not going to, honestly. 
you know, teams scout their guys and they've coached up their guys for months. They have a lot of, a lot of time and money invested in, in their players and, and they tend to keep their players. And you know, even, even Mike McCarthy acknowledged that, that you tend to like your guys more than you like someone else's guys. So, you know, my hunch is, is Callahan will get to the practice squad just fine. But, you know, I've, I've talked about this since the first week of OTAs back in May that I like Joe Callahan. I mean, there are guys who can throw the ball better than he can. And there are guys who are more athletic than Callahan is. But you can't teach the ability to just play football. You know, I remember Vince Young last year. Not last year, a couple of years ago when the Packers brought him in. And he was just god-awful. I mean, he could throw it. And God knows he can run it, but he was terrible because somehow through all the years of football, he'd never been coached how to play football. I mean, he he had horrible mechanics, and when plays broke down, he just took off to run, which is fine because he's a hell of a good runner. But when a play breaks down, you know, Callahan just has this feel of of where his guys are supposed to be and make, and make something happen. And obviously, that 51-yard completion to Geronimo Allison against the 49ers was the ultimate case in point where on third and a mile, Callahan buys some time and, and, and chucks a perfect ball downfield for a big game. This segment of Locked On Packers is brought to you by PackerReport.com and Scout.com. Scout's fantasy site is host of the World Fantasy Championships, and our fantasy insiders have helped a lot of people make a lot of money. And if your company is interested in talking to men between the ages of 18 and 44, you really should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Packers is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want men 18 to 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com to find out more. Okay, and the third down, and that would be the, the flip side, and that would be the biggest disappointments of camp. Well, I went four deep with the positives. I'm only going to go three deep with the negatives because, hey, they're 3-0, and right? Not much to complain about. But I think a, a gigantic problem, and we'll lead off this list with the defensive line. And I've been beating this horse since... Since the Packers got hit with the double whammy of, of B.J. Raji's decision to not play in the, in the suspension to Mike Pinnell, there is no depth here behind Mike Daniels and LaTroy Guyon. And the first-round pick, Kenny Clark, has done fine. And the fourth-round pick, Dean Lowry, has done fine. But none of those guys lit the world on fire. And, and Clark is out with a back injury, which he says isn't significant. But still, you know, him missing time is not good. I mean, you, I, it's just... You're going to go in the week one against Jacksonville where you know the, the average high is 90 and the average humidity is 90. And they're going to go in there with, with two proven commodities and, and two rookies who I'm not sure you feel super good about playing with. And then the number five, and God only knows who that's going to be. In practice for most of the week, it was, it was Christian Ringo as the next guy up. During the game against the 49ers on Friday night, it was undrafted rookie Brian Price was the next guy up as he joined Dean Lowry as, as the number two tandem in the nickel package. Uh, this is just, it's not working out. And yeah, and like I talked about in the show on on Monday or on in my special Saturday show, you, you wonder if the number five defensive lineman, heck, he might be the number three or four defensive lineman. You wonder if that guy is not even on the roster. And if I'm an agent for, for some defensive lineman on a team that's loaded there, I mean, I, I, I've got Green Bay on my, if I get cut by, by my team on Saturday, I mean, I've got Green Bay on my list where I'm, I'm going to go call Alonzo Highsmith and say, hey, do you need me? Because I'm available. And I, it's, it's, like, it's not a good situation. You know, and in the long run, Clark and Lowry might pan out and be just fine. But going into week one with those guys, it's, 
it's uh, it's not ideal. And then for number two, I'm going to go with the cornerbacks here, and it's kind of the same deal where you feel pretty good about the front-line guys of, of Sam Shields and then the young guys, Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins. But who's number four and, and who's number five? I, I think number four is going to be Gunter, Ladarius Gunter. But I, I can't say he's lit the world on fire either. He, he, there's a lot of high hopes there after he played so well in that Redskins playoff game. But man, he hasn't gotten his hands on a lot of balls. And I, you know, maybe, maybe he'll... Maybe he'll uh, put it all together here during this last week, but I haven't, I haven't seen a whole lot to be super excited about. Number five is coming in the camp was Robertson Daniel, you know, like Gunter, an undrafted guy last year, and I, mean, I, I, I haven't seen him do it either. I mean, he he looks great on paper as you know one of those six one guys who's physical, but you know I I haven't seen him put together a great camp. And you know you look at that they didn't they didn't draft anybody, so push it down to the undrafted rookies and. The best two have been Mackinton Dorland from Northern Iowa and Josh Hawkins from East Carolina. Dor- or Dorland hurt his hamstring again. So, I mean, I'm assuming it going into this last game against Kansas City, it might be it might be Daniel versus Hawkins, but to be that fifth guy. But you know, going back to number four, remember Sam Shields has never played a full season. He's always gotten hurt and missed a week or three or four, and so that means Gunter or your your number four cornerback goes from a guy who really doesn't play at all on defense to being a guy who plays, you know, 50 snaps a game on defense. It's a, so the number four spots a huge position and you would like, you would like you to feel better about what you've gotten in the preseason of Gunter and you just haven't seen it. And then finally it'd be the state of the special teams. And look, injuries are, are, are a major factor here where you lose Jane Rona Elliott and Banjo, Chris Banjo, the, the hamstring problems in that, in that San Fran game. I mean, Banjo was your special teams captain. Elliot was one of your leaders there. Um, and then, obviously, earlier in camp, you lose Jeff Janis to a broken hand. He's he'll be out here for another another week or three. So, and then Dimitri Goodson has got the four game suspension. So you got you know four of your top. Actually, those are your top four returning guys, include in terms of playing time and production last year, and they're all out to start the season. Or, or they at least at least have the chance to be out with uh, with with Elliot and Banjo. We don't know the significance of their of their injuries, but obviously, if if, if you're going to be without four of your top guys in week one, that's a that's a major major problem. Because special teams always are the wild card anyway to start the year because you know a lot of, a lot of those week one units haven't worked together because of 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 the roster changes during that final week. So to go into What's already an unsettled situation with four of your without four of your top guys? Not good. And then, yeah, I think I think you would have liked to have the punter thing figured out by now. And I think Tim Massey took a step in that direction, but still probably a little bit unsettled there. And you don't know who your returners are either. It's Micah Hyde on punts, but who's who's going to do the kickoffs? I'm not sure. And speaking uh, speaking of kickoffs returns, let's, let's go to fourth down here. Is the new kickoff the new kickoff return rolls of? Which you've seen with the the touchbacks on the twenty five yard line rather than twenty. I'm telling you, if, if the NFL thought this this might cut, cut down on concussions, I'm not seeing it. Because if you're the, if you're a team, if you're kicking off, are you just going to bomb the ball into the end zone and let the team have the ball to twenty five? Are you going to let your kicker kick the ball into the air down to that goal line and make them run that sucker out with a chance to put him inside the twenty? I mean. It seems like a no-brainer. I mean, I, I think team after team after team is going to say, the heck with the touchback. We're going to kick the ball to the two 
and make those guys bring it out and trust that our coverage is good enough because, you know, the old touchback rule, the 20, if, if you attack them at the 18, well, that's, that's two yards, big deal. But if you take them at the 18 now, that's seven yards of field position. I mean, you're, you're bordering on and That's almost a first down worth of, of yardage. I mean, forget that. You're going you're gonna to kick a moon ball and go tackle them. So I, th- I think the NFL has outsmarted itself here, and, and, this, and this rule change is not going to work. And, you know, frankly, the only, the only thing to solve this thing from the NFL, NFL perspective is to just out, outlaw kickoffs and say, the heck with it. After a kickoff, you can either kick an onside kick if you want to, but the other team's just going to start at the 20-yard line or whatever, and we're, we're just going out, to outlaw kickoffs. Because this, this rule, not happening. And that wraps up this episode of Locked On Packers. Be sure to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network and to read my writing at PackerReport.com. And also, feel free to email me anytime at PackWriter2002 at Yahoo.com. I was thinking about doing a weekly joke segment. So if you got any Packer jokes, you know, anti-Bears, anti-Vikings, whatever, and they're somewhat G-rated, be sure to email me at PackWriter2002 at Yahoo.com. Started working on a joke like every Friday before the game or something. So that'll do it for today. I will talk to you tomorrow. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.